Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K. Fings. All right, all right, man. Episode 17, uh, another week, another week to be blessed and thankful. I'm going to open up this podcast a little unconventional based on something that I just found out. Um, this is it's really hard to comprehend. Uh, a good buddy of mine, um, I, I don't even want to, you know, put his name out there. Uh, I grew up with him. He's a great guy. He's a great father, provider, um, friend, really funny guy, living his best life. We were the same age and he just passed away. And it hurts. And it, it hurts for me because I hurt for his wife and kids and anybody that knew him personally. And what really messes me up in regards um, to the whole situation is that in ways I looked up to him because although we were the same age, man, he was living his best life. He had a family. Um, he was working hard, he working dangerous jobs, but he was doing more than providing. He was helping other people be better around him. He was making videos about getting your credit right, you know, and some of the videos are very funny, but they were very uh, informative. And it's just tough seeing somebody like that go. And I understand we all go, you know, but when we say, oh, you're not promised tomorrow, it's very cliche. It's not. It's like we just say it to say it, but like seeing somebody like him pass away, it really, really makes you question, not so much question, it really adds meaning to that. Like you're not promised tomorrow. If a person like him can go live in their best life, you're not promised tomorrow at all. Mm-hmm. So what that did, I won't say it lit a fire under me. It made me extremely more self-aware than I already am. And I'm just gonna go for shit from now on, you know. My, I mean, even though I was still, I'm still, I've been going for stuff. I've been more aggressive. My life has gotten better. Now it's going to become a whole hell of a lot more serious for me. Yeah. I'm not gonna sit back and allow something to take place. I'm not gonna sit back and not take opportunities. I'm going all in because I ain't promised tomorrow. I don't want to leave no stone left unturned. I'm gonna do what I can to make my life better and those around me better. Yeah. So I just want to say rest in peace to a good friend. And uh, I know everybody's proud of you, man. I, I, I know it. So I just wanted to open the podcast um, with that to also give you perspective and say one thing. If you're not living your best life right now, change that yeah there's this um i don't it's not a cliche it's just like a statement that um talks about how uh like graveyards have um like the most inventions or they have the most valuable inventions and stuff like that so basically saying that um there's a lot of people that have moved on and passed away that were holding on to ideas and you know you know, they could have had the new big social media. They could have had the the new, you know, electric car, whatever the case may be. Um, but they passed away before they were able to, you know, accomplish those things. So you always want to, um, if you were if you were to pass tomorrow, um, and someone were, someone was to open your laptop or open your phone, were you looking up? Um, how to do something that you really wanted to do? Were you, were you writing? Were you, you know, 
uh, writing down, you know, if you want to be a stand-up where you're writing down jokes, if you want to write a movie where you jotting down ideas, if you want to be, you know, an athlete where you studying LeBron James, where you looking up, you know, Steph Curry moves, where you looking up the fundamentals. So, you know what I mean? It's just, there's this idea you just have to, um, whatever you want to do in life, like, don't put it on hold. Do it right Very now. Very true. You know what I mean? Because you don't know. We don't know what can happen. <coughs> and point. like, you know, kind of like along the lines of uh, Eddie having a friend that, you know, passed away kind of abruptly. I had a friend um, that passed away a while ago named Michael, uh, named Michael. And he um, he lived out um, a couple hours away from he- us here in Bakersfield. And I believe he got hit by a car on just a, you know, just a late night when he was walking home. And, uh, it was a really, really, really sad situation. And, um, these things always tend to happen to like the best people, you know, which is really sad. And he was one of the, the, the early people that like, you know, he really, he really had a good heart and he really like took a liking to like some of the music and stuff that I was putting out. And, um, it was just really, really sad. Like we would always have, like all of our conversations were based around like music, and it was it was around this 2010, 2011 range when, you know, guys like Childish Gambino, you know, they were first starting to hit the scene, and um, Kendrick Lamar and stuff. And we would just have like these, you know, long discussions about like music we liked and stuff like that. And he was making beats himself, and at the time, like. His music wasn't the greatest, but you can see like potential, like you could see like the creativity that was, you know, coming out. So there's no telling like, you know, where he could have been now. So it's just uh, it's just a sad thing. And I always try to remember him, like even in my notes for like, you know, my uh, some of my projects and stuff, I always try to put like a, you know, special thanks to him or RIP to him and, you know, in the in the in the notes. So. You know, you know that that's a great point, um, especially a point about the graveyard having all these I- people that passed away that have all these ideas and all these things they wanted to do, and they never did them. And like you made a, you touched on a great point. If you want to be a better athlete, but you don't have any training regimens in the gym, mm-hmm. you don't have any homework in regards to LeBron James or another great athlete, what they've done. See. The thing about it is it's not that somebody has to pave the way for you to be successful, but if you want to be successful, you're going to find a way. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be, you're not even looking. Yeah. You know, and that's that's something that we have to change as a culture. You know, we, we, we live in a culture where, and I'm guilty of this as well, as of recent, I've been less guilty, but now I'm just not going to, I'm not going to partake in it at all. Oh, man. Next year, we'll, we'll, we'll see if that works. Yeah, probably two years from now, I'll be ready for that. Mm-hmm. No, nah, man. If you want something, then you need to you need to put yourself in a position to get that shit done. Mm-hmm. If you want to apply for a management position, but they say, oh, you need experience, fuck that. Apply for it anyways. How else, how else you going to get experience? Yeah. A lot of times, we, we aim so low. That's something else we're going to talk about. You know, don't aim low because you want to be safe. If you want better for yourself, you're going to have to tackle that shit. And you don't have a, you don't have any choice, mm-hmm. you know, because you can sit back and be mediocre like everyone else. 
But if you want to be great in this life while you're alive, you better take those chances. Yeah. Everybody that has done something in their life, it came with taking chances. I don't care how gifted an athlete you are. I don't care what it is. You have to take a chance. And if by you not even taking one, you're never going to know your potential. Yeah. I was just on Instagram today, and uh, one of my old college and high school teammates posted a picture, um, the team picture we took in at our junior college. And uh, um, I just commented on it real quick, and then he replied. He, was, he basically said, like, man, I miss football. Like he's like, and you can tell, like that you can hear the passion in it in the, yeah. in the in the comment. He's like, "Dang, I miss football." And the sad part about his situation was like, he was probably like one of the best athletes to ever, you know, play football in Bakersfield. And um, you know, it's such a short time period. You got like mm-hmm. four years of high school, two years of junior college, maybe mm-hmm. three, um, and that's your window to like. You know, do something. Yeah, to do something. And if you don't take advantage in those years, if you don't have your grades right in those years, if you don't, you know, work as hard as possible in those sh- short, you know, six or seven years, then you'll you'll just be a regular person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You'll be a guy exactly. that was supposed to do something or a guy that was, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The, you know, heralded as like an old all-time great or something mm-hmm. like that. And you don't want to you don't want to live life not maximizing your potential. Exactly. You know I mean, and even if you, we all have. Some people live life without regrets, um, but there's always something in the back of your mind like, "Dang, man, I wish exactly. I, I wish in high school like I worked a little bit harder. I wish I, you know, I wish this, I wish that. Exactly. I can. There's like I know so many people that make music that is that was always like, "Oh man, I met such and such and." You know what I mean? I was in the studio with this dude, and you know, at the time, like he was going to sign us, but it didn't happen. Or, yeah. oh, I used to be in a band when I was in high school, and you know, we we was about to go sign to Motown. And, like I hear these stories oh all the time, God. and I know that they're like it not they're not like lying. It's not like you know just throwing stuff out there. These yeah. are like legit stories that are like they were tangible to like you know certain artists but exactly for whatever reason they didn't pan out and exactly they just kind of you know relaxed after that oh, you know man. what i mean so yeah don't be that person you know what i mean yeah don't don't yeah exactly yeah don't become comfortable in an uncomfortable situation yeah you you know what's crazy too this is kind of just you know random but it's kind of related um it's sad when you're in your 30s, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to an old, uh, an old ex-teammate of mine. And his hi- it's like his highlight of his life was high school. And this is like what he said, like verbatim. Like, man, like, man, I was, man, I was a football god, bro. Like, I was that, man, I had all the bitches, bro. And mm-hmm. I was getting all the pussy and all of this. And I was just thinking, like, dude, like, we're in our 30s and you're talking about high school girls. Yeah. And, about, and that was literally your highlight. What have you done? Yeah. What have you done with yourself since then? Mm-hmm. What have What have you achieved? Like, why are you so, why are you so like, empty as a person? Mm-hmm. That's not good, man. Don't be that person. Yeah. Don't be a person that had you literally had the highlight of your life in high school. You wasn't even a man yet. Yeah. And you reflecting back that hard. 
Don't be that person. Create also create new memories, create new milestones, create new uh, uh, challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you don't, you're also going to be a person that's not challenging yourself, and you're going to be stuck. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing worse than being stuck. I had a conversation with a young man today that talked about. Um, shout out to Patrick. Yeah, because I know you tuning into the podcast Shout now. Out to Patrick, good dude. yeah, yeah, good dude, man. He talked about somebody uh, that he worked with, a coworker at a sound shop that was there, I guess, fifteen years or something, and they were miserable. They hated their job, mm-hmm. and they, I mean, he's like, you know, they obviously didn't have to stay there, but they did because they were comfortable. Mm-hmm. They're comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. You hate your job, you get paid minimum wage, and you're older, and you're doing nothing about it. Yeah. That's that's like somebody holding you. That's like a bully holding you down against your will and slapping you in the fucking face and you not fighting back. Yeah. Fight back. Take your life back, man. Yeah. The thing the thing about like with the Instagram uh comment was like when when this guy told me that he missed football, like I loved playing football for the time period that I did and I I do wish that I like things panned out differently. But I don't look at football like that. There you like, go. I don't, I don't wake up every day like, dang, man, I wish I was out there. Like, I haven't, I maybe went to, like, two high school football games since I graduated. It's just like, I just don't have, <laughs> like, I don't have the same love for it as I, I once did. Yeah. And um, so, like, I, it was just, it was just a strange, like, it just, it just hit me sort of like, you know, mm-hmm. like you were saying, like, it just hit me like, yo, like dang, man, like, I feel sorry for him just because, you know, things didn't really pan out. And a lot of, you know, a lot of my friends, we we reminisce all the time about, like, you know, high school athletes that we knew that were the, you know, the best athletes that we knew. There's always, like, a handful of athletes, and for whatever reason, like, it didn't pan out. And it's usually related to, like, gangs or, you know what I mean, or just lack of dedication, um whatever the case may be. So it's just, it's really it's really sad. There's another athlete out here that was like probably the best basketball player from um like I graduated in 2010, like that 2010, 2012, 2000, 2009 range, the best basketball player in Bakersfield. But year after year he he wasn't able to play. And everyone knew like he was better than everyone else. Um but it was finally like senior year, and they were just like, "All right, we gotta f- figure out a way to make this like get this kid on the court, <laughs> cause yeah. like th- like he's the best athlete and he's not even playing." Yeah. So they just like started giving him like four PE classes, and then oh like, my god, basically all the teachers were just giving him the minimal amount of you know grade point average just to just for him to get on the court. Wow. And then they went on to win the Valley Championship. <laughs> I just think the most pathetic thing ever is not is having more than potential, actually being great at something, but people have to push you to it. Yeah. And I think, you know, him being a kid, I think that's kind of understandable because he's not even in the right headspace. Like he's mm-hmm. he's in fucking la la land, but yeah. you know, when people got to push you towards be, towards greatness, you don't want to be great. Yeah. Point blank period. You just you don't want it. Mm-hmm. You're good at it. You're you're okay, but you don't want it. You know, um, much rather it it's better off somebody that works harder, that achieves that goal, than somebody that doesn't really care to even have it. Yeah, it's a different it's a different dynamic though. I feel like 
there's a lot of um, everyone's household is different. Yeah. So he could have been, you know, he could have been a person that worked really hard in sports, but like whatever the family dynamic at home, like they just didn't emphasize academics. Yeah, it's all. So he was just going home and probably just chilling. Yeah, there's definitely a correlation between, yeah. you know, the home. Yeah. And a lot of things. Who knows? Yeah. That, that's, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on that? Nope. Moving along. Moving along. Go for it. Um, <laughs> slam dunk. <laughs> um, this is just a point that I was just thinking about this. A lack of communication is a bigger issue in America than racism. This is why I say that. A lack of communication means you're not trying to even understand the person that, let's say, you, supposedly you say you hate somebody. I don't like them because they're they're black. I don't like them because they're white, right? What other, like, <laughs> what, you don't have anything to stand on. Yeah. Like, you hate me because I'm black, right? Okay, am I a mean person? Like, what did I do to you? Um, did I steal something? Mm-hmm. Is there something else that, is there anything else there? Yeah. It comes from a lack of communication and a lack of understanding. Like, you don't even know why you hate somebody, but you just hate them. There's literally no merit to your hatred, but yeah. you just hate someone. I think that's more of a personal problem. And it's it's really sad. It, and my thing is, is somebody will literally call you the N-word, right? And I wouldn't, like, my thing is, that it doesn't make me mad. I feel actually bad for them. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, you call me the N-word, like, I, that word has no power over me. You call me nigger, I'm just like, huh? Like, yeah. my name is Eddie. Like, that, that doesn't have any power over me. What kills me is the fact that you feel a word is going to do something to me because you don't like me. Yeah. And that's, that's the saddest part about it. Whatever emptiness or lack of depth you have, it's so bad that... Mm-hmm. You don't even have a leg to stand on. You just hate something you don't even understand. If we really took the chance to understand each other and communicate, we would see we are way more alike than different. A lot of us want better for ourselves. We have families. We have jobs. We have, literally, our lives are comparable. It doesn't matter if you live on the lower end of town and the higher end of town. There are a lot of things that we are exactly alike. But due to the fact that people don't communicate and they don't even try to understand each other, it doesn't even make any fucking sense. Mm-hmm. It's like, I hate you, Keith. Why? Because you wear a wave cap. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? It doesn't make any sense. I hate niggas that wear a wave cap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, the, the, that that's, uh, that's pretty much what it boils down to. It's like a, just a lack of communication. Cause like you said, um, there's a some theory in communications that talks about like the the easiest way to um, like mediate a situation where two people are on polar opposite ends of uh, of whatever spectrum, um, and it basically talks about like finding common ground. Finding, exactly. Like you know, there's there's some a Republican out there that probably hates any minority exactly but they also like 
the 49ers or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if you start there, like, oh, you know, I like the 49ers. Like, oh, cool, I like the 49ers. Like, oh, man, I loved it when Joe Montana was in the Super Bowl and he was throwing passes to Jerry Rice. And you know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I love the Dwight Clark catch. You know what I mean? So if you just guys just start right there and then from then on you can talk about whatever and then you'll realize that you guys have a lot in common. Exactly. You know what I mean? And whatever disdain that you had towards that individual was just made up. Like, it's not a real thing. It's just, you know, some perception that you had based on rap videos or, you know, the news or whatever the case may be. And, like, hate, too, is not... Hate is really... Hate really says more about you than it does about the person. Exactly. Because a lot of times you can hate a person or... A thing, and that person has not really ever even done anything to you. Exactly. You and it, it says, and it really, it really, really says a lot. Like, um, because there are people, because hate, hate and love. There's really like, like there, the the idea that there's a thin line between love and hate is a real thing. Like, if you think about it from a historical standpoint, there were slave owners that, like, this idea that they would you know, make black people slaves and calling them niggers and killing them and lynching them. And then also, like, sneaking into the outhouses and sleeping with the black women. Yeah. The, oh, man. That's so, a real thing. Yeah. That, that's why light-skinned people exist. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> that's why Beyonce is around. <laughs> oh, man. That was horrible. Yeah. Man. But... That's yeah. That's the that's the idea. Yeah, and you know what's crazy is like there's such like people think that well we'll just use black and white people as the example like mm-hmm. by, like they think that most people think that we're just so different mm-hmm. you know but this this not it's not it's I don't know it's it's not we're not as different as you think especially if you have close friends who happen to be opposite race of you and you. And you're, you know, with their families and whatnot. There's certain things we do as far as, you know, culture-wise. But ultimately, we mostly want the same things. Yeah. You know, but you would you would never understand, you would never grasp that. Yeah. If all you think about is like, we're different, we should stay separate, blah, blah, blah. You know what? They're lazy. I've heard some crazy stuff, man. Uh, first of all, don't watch Fox News. Um <laughs> There was like there was a guy talking about like I guess he was talking about black people you know they're lazy they're not in their jobs they're blah 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 it's just a bunch of hogwash like I can't sit here and I cannot literally generalize white people because I can't speak for a whole race of people when if I see one guy being a fool I'm not gonna sit there and say you know what that's why I don't like white people you know what I mean because mm-hmm. there are people that do that and for you to okay imagine this being a black man right. And you feel like basically the whole black population is being generalized and, you know, oh, they're criminals, they're stealing, they're doing that. Mm -hmm. And then you turn right around and say, see, that's why I don't like white people. And it's like, bro, uh, you just did what you accuse other people doing to you. You know, (laughs) you can't do that. You can't generalize everybody because you ran into some people that are idiots. Yeah. I honestly believe that about 70% of the human race are idiots. Only 30% of America has to be, like, 
open-minded thinkers. Mm-hmm. If you don't believe me, open up social media. <laughs> it's nothing but fuckery on there. Yeah. It's nothing but ignorance and bullshit, and it's by the massive 70% of people in this country. They all, they thrive off nonsense. You know, that if, if it's something about racism, they're on top of it. Mm-hmm. You notice that there is so much more bad news than good news because people don't give a fuck about good news. Mm-hmm. They want shit to be racist. They want shit to be controversial. Yeah. You know, we just don't open our minds to positive shit. I do. Yeah. I believe I believe Keith does as well. We yeah. talk about it all the time. We're very annoyed by a lot of things we see. Mm-hmm. But it's just the simple fact that I think when you're when you're open minded and you actually enjoy communicating and and picking somebody's brain and trying to figure out who they are, you know, it's really sad to see everybody literally keep fucking up. Mm-hmm. And it's just a constant. It's one of the things that are constant in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, how, like, you can't be a conscious person if you don't even try to understand. Yeah. You're not even, you're not even giving a fuck. Mm-hmm. You just like... <laughs> Some people really live in their own world. Yeah. Yeah. They're not really, like, willing to... And a lot of people, you know, even, like, people that I know personally, um, like, for instance, like, I have a friend, he's from uh, from Ghana, Mm -hmm. and uh, he's one of my best friends in New Mexico, Um, and I still talk to him all the time, but, um, and he's been here since, like, like, freshman year of college or something and he's, oh, wow. he just got here he's like 20 no he's like 28 um oh but he's older but he came in because yeah yeah he came right right out of high school like when he was uh 18 or whatever oh also yeah. he went to high oh okay, okay yeah 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 so he's been there like 10 years or something like that mm-hmm. um and um we we have conversations all the time about how we can mend the relationship between like africans and the african americans and how like you mm-hmm. know we really need to do something like impactful um, for our people and how we can, you know, better our society and stuff like that. And, um, like I'll talk to like people here in America and they'll be like, man, um, Africans don't like black people here in America. And I'm like, yo, like, that's not true. Like I know two Africans personally, like straight from the motherland, still with thick accents. Straight (laughs) straight from Wakanda. (laughs) Straight from Wakanda. They got vibranium backpacks. Yeah, man, they're like super, you know, super welcoming. And they, you know, it's all love whenever they see. It's almost like, it's almost like too much love. You know what I mean? They, you know, they show like the utmost respect for us and, you know, how we, how we grew up differently, but we're still the same. It's like, we will talk about like just stuff that they grew up doing or like stuff that they grew up eating and stuff like that. And we're like, dang, like that's crazy. Cause we do the same thing here. And like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, and you realize how, um, how big the world is, but how small the world is at the same time. Cause he'll be like, man, we was, man, it's crazy. We was bumping 50 cent in, you know, my elementary school and stuff like that. Or, you know what I mean? We was, we was bumping DMX over there and like, just like crazy stuff like that. And you, and you realize like, like these people are just regular people. So like as much as like people, you know, just part of, you know, the conversation, as much as people be like, oh, you know, Africans don't like, like black people. Like, that's not true. Like you haven't, 
you have to like really communicate with one to tell me that. Like I'm not a person that's just going to be like, dang, that's crazy. He's going to buy it. Yeah, like, you know, talk to him first. Talk to talk to a person that you think is yeah. racist. Talk to these Africans that you think don't like you. Maybe they just don't like you, not necessarily like black people in general. You know what? That's an amazing point. Uh, and to your point, as far as the, you know, Africans not really liking black Americans, um, I say with me, I don't buy that. Uh, but I will say... From, you know, I don't, you know, from culturally, if they're not really too king on you and they don't know you that well, then they're not going to be like buddy, buddy with you. Because mm-hmm. I know I have a few buddies that are Nigerian. And when I first met them, I, I, they were like, uh, oh, you could come on in, man. And mm-hmm. I met their family. Mm-hmm. You know, they were, their family was not very uh, enthusiastic about me being there. Yeah. But what it is, is, you know, over time I would come by a little bit more and they were like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? You know. You know, have a seat. Uh, you want something to drink? <laughs> uh, we have something. We are just making some food. You want to eat something? I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. Are you sure? Are you sure you want nothing to eat? I'm like, I'm sure yeah, I'm good. to eat. Yeah, so... You have a good meal prepared for you. You have you have good meal. <laughs> good African meal. You pull, out a, you pull out a fork. No, you eat with fingers. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, I just think um, from my experience, when I knew someone... Uh, well, a few of my buddies, their fathers, once I got to know them, or once they got to know me better, then they, you know, were extremely nice and really cool. Yeah. But I think there might be a preconceived notion or idea, especially that American blacks, a lot of us are not a good influence. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thing is, I'm not saying I could see that, but it's the sad thing about it is you think about it's it's a collection of media and, you know, um, rumors and all kind of stuff going around. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people don't know what to believe, so they're very careful mm-hmm. of how they deal with you. Mm-hmm. I just think once people get to know me, they let their guard down. I can say that honestly, not because I'm just, oh, I'm so great, but because I'm open-minded and I'm genuinely inter- genuinely interested in what people have to say. So they tend to like let their guard down and be like, oh, you know, Eddie's a cool guy. That's how Eddie be getting all the girls. Yeah, I'll be like, hey, hey, I said, oh yeah, just pull your panties off. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I'm not gonna do anything. Just, yeah, yeah, but uh, <laughs> that was horrible. <laughs> yeah, just try to get to know each other, man. Yeah, just talk. Stop being a fucking jerk and just uh, be a little more open minded. Yeah. All right. Um, moving along. Stop aiming so low. Stop aiming so low. For some reason, we we say, oh, I could do that. But yeah, I'm not ready for that. How the fuck do you know you're not ready for it? Mm-hmm. You've made it up in your mind that you're not ready for something because you've aimed so low mm-hmm. that you feel comfortable doing just the bare minimum. I heard somebody, some, I've had the most ridiculous, I've had people inbox me the most ridiculous bullshit. Oh, I want to lose weight, but I just want to lose weight in my stomach. My legs are okay. I'm thinking, like, why the fuck would you inbox me then? Like, if, you know I'm serious about lifting weights and working out. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, you cannot spot train one part of your body and the other one stays the same. It's not, it's the same thing with life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you want to, if you either going all the way or you ain't going, period. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you cannot half-ass shit. You can't aim low. If you want a marriage, then you need to make sure your marriage material I'm tired of people, I'm looking for the husband that will do this and that. Well, you ain't shit. 
Like, if you're not shit, stop expecting something great. Mm-hmm. You're not something great. You know, <laughs> I'm just being honest. You, my thing is this, if, as me as a man, where I'm going in life, if I was to settle for a certain woman, I would be aiming low. And I ain't ready to deal with that. You you want someone that is, it's not so much compatible, but you want someone that is equal. Like there has to be some form of equivalency there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, where she's going in her life, how she views relationships. You know, you're aiming high by aiming at what where you're at. I'm not saying you should aim for a fucking millionaire cougar, which would be pretty cool, by the way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I need a cougar in my life. Oh man, yeah, you get one of those cougars from Beverly Hills. Oh, oh my god, she'd be cooking. She'd be cooking bland food for you. Bland? Nah, she ain't cooking <laughs> shit. She has too much money. She just slob the knob oh, and put some shit. money in your pocket. Oh god! You're <laughs> like fifty thousand dollars. How'd that get in my pocket? Here, honey, go buy some Jordans. Oh, cool. I ain't getting no Jordans with this. <laughs> she just don't know the price of nothing. So yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's so old people. They don't know the price of nothing, so they overpay you. You're like, oh my god. Speaking of old people, why do they still write checks at the store? I haven't seen that in a minute. Bro, I see it all the time. They hold up the whole fucking line to write a write a paycheck for like fucking fifteen dollars. And then you got a whole line of people, they got ice cream melting in the line and shit. Uh, it's like, okay, uh, where do you want who do I make the check out to? Walmart. Huh? Milk spoiling. Walmart, ma'am. Huh? Walmart. Say it in my good ear. Yeah. Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no re. In 2018, the only time you should write a check is if it's like you're paying someone to do a service. Do not pay the grocery store with like a freaking check. So if you're paying for an escort, basically. Yeah. We have a <laughs> Eddie and Keith escort service. <laughs> escort services coming soon. Oh my god! Heck no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the subject again? I, I just totally <laughs> fucked Keith up right now. I want to apologize to anybody listening. I think Keith had a great point, but I just totally fucked him up talking about prostitution. And <laughs> You know, Keith loves prostitution. So yeah, kind of threw him off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> the best song I ever wrote was called Prostitution Magic. Yeah, he Go did. Get that on Spotify. Yeah, he actually did. Like, <laughs> he literally made a film. Like, he really literally made a movie, and that was like a huge part of the fucking movie. When I first had seen it, I was just laughing. Like, I was like, where, the, what the hell? It's really cool, by the way. Yeah. It's called Two and a Half Blacks. Two and a half. Go ahead and give an information on that while we're talking before we get back on it. Yeah, just look up, just literally YouTube two and a half blacks, two, the number, the numbers two and a half blacks, and uh, yeah, you can check out the short film. It cool. will, uh, that was when my teacher. She she was recovering from uh, chemotherapy. She had like um, she had some sort of cancer. Like I don't want to like botch it exactly. Um, but she, like I sent it, well, she was my, originally in the class, she was my um, directing teacher. And then like halfway through the the semester, um, the the head of the school, not the school, but of our college came in and was like, yo, um, 
your teacher basically got really sick, so I'm going to be taking over for the rest of the semester. And this was like, <clears throat> we're in the thick of like, like our stories and stuff. And we were going to shoot our films in um, like the next couple of weeks. And she was basically like, you know, we don't know, like she's in good spirits, but she's not going to be able to return the rest of the way. And hopefully she'll be make she'll be able to make it back for the screening or whatever. Um, but, you know, she just kept having complications. So she wasn't able to, you know, return um, the whole semester. Um, so we just stuck with the other teacher and then we kind of just did our things. And like the whole class really wanted to make her proud because um, she was she's like a really good person. And um, she like really like she really took a took a liking to like my story. So like that was really that was really cool. Like, you know, you you, ne you never really know what um, how a person is going to feel about like something that you're doing or your work or whatever the case may be. Um, and she really took a liking to the story. So it was kind of like devastating for us when, you know what I mean? Halfway through the semester, she's just gone. So like <clears throat> I seen her at the film festival and, um, I was like, Hey, how you doing? And she, you know, she looked a lot better than she, than she did. And she was coming in to show her film actually. And, uh, she was like, Hey, like, I still haven't seen your movie. Um, could you email it to me? And I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I emailed it to her. And then uh, she wrote me like a cool, a cool email basically saying like, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm not feeling like the best right now and I'm sitting in this therapy right now, but this really like brightened up my day. So I really appreciate, you know, you sending this like, you know, you did a really good job. So, That's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, that was like solidified it for me. I was like, as long as I could make her smile or bring brightness to her day, like, you know, I think I did my job. So that was pretty cool. That's awesome. <clears throat> That's an awesome story. There's, I mean... For the most part, um, it's yeah, that's really unfortunate. Do you know her status? No, she's good now. Awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She's good to go. Yeah, um, not to stray too far away from the main. I think point. she liked me too, honestly. No way. <laughs> no way. I'm just throwing that out there. Wow. So, right. <laughs> so what I took away from it is, Keith, is you know, Keith sent her that and lifted her spirits. <laughs> And now this guy is like so full of himself. He's making an assumption that his teacher likes him, which is crazy. Now I'm gonna be honest. A lot of teachers like me, but all right. Now, so now the second point is that Keith is extremely narcissistic, and he's like this guy just thinks he's like chocolate magic over here. You know what it is though. Like Keith, Keith is a really laid back guy. Really laid back guy. Um, mm -hmm. Not very like aggressive, just just does his thing, and I think that you know, I think a lot of like older chicks might dig that. Are your teachers they were older? Yeah, yeah, man. But this started like in elementary school. I oh, remember wow. like I remember my the vice principal. She was my grandma used to work at the school. How old were you? Um, this was like sixth grade. Oh wow! So like it was it was kind of uncomfortable, but it was kind of cool at the same time. Um, so we had a, our vice principal at the school. I won't say her name, but, um, she was talking to my grandma and she was like, uh, someone was going, I was on, the, I was doing my science project on a typewriter. Um, Holy shit. <laughs> I got second place too. So it just looked terrible. Like, wow. The, the font was like super small. It's all blotched and shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good project, but it was just like, it was like, why are you typing this stuff on a typewriter? Oh my God. Um, so I was typing my science project, and uh, I was sitting there minding my business. Me and my grandma were, you know, I was in our little office area, 
and the vice principal comes in and she's talking to my grandma and she's like she's talking to my grandma my grandma's her name was like Mrs. Steverson or Miss Steverson. Mm-hmm. She's like, Miss Steverson, it's like Keith is really handsome. I was like, Hold on. Oh, you might get it though. Oh my <laughs> god. Why I just don't like I don't know, man. I was like, yeah. and that was back in the years they could have got us, man, and yeah, there would have been no media coverage. Yeah, so these teachers could have been fucking us. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. You, you know what, man? I'm not gonna say any names, but oh my god, like I, one of my biggest crushes was actually a school counselor, and I was in the fifth grade, and she was probably only about like 27, 28. She's really young. Yeah. And she was Mexican. I damn, I want to say her name, but I'm not gonna say it. Mm-hmm. Dude, she was beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, we know my mom and dad were together at the time still. Mm-hmm. But I remember like seeing my dad, like the way he, like his, like the way he reacted when she came mm-hmm. into the room. He just is like he wasn't like staring her down, but it's like a way a married man reacts when they see like a really hot chick. <laughs> and my dad was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> He's lost a couple IQ points when she. Yeah, did. his fucking IQ went down. He turned into Homer Simpson for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, but she was beautiful, man. She was so hot. And then when I was in, uh, it's when I was in college. I seen her again. I hadn't seen her for years, and I was like, damn, she was still fine. And I was like, dude, I'm 20. I want to shoot my shot right now. But got to. she totally was like doing other direction, going somewhere else. Yeah. Like, I wonder what she looks like now. I know she's fucking cougar status. Because I'm th- if I'm 33, then I know she's... she's older she's, than her. Oh, yeah. She's fucking... <clears throat> I okay. I think she is. Oh, man. No, no earlier than late 40s. Mm-hmm. And I ain't never went that old. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I can say like 40 or something. What if she's still working out and stuff? Oh, man. Dang. I don't know, dude. We literally created a podcast called Shoot Your Shot, and you didn't shoot your shot. You know, I was a different man then. Oh, you know, I was probably a little, I don't know, I was a, had a little bit of cold feet. <laughs> when you're a young man like that, you know, and you see a grown ass woman, you're a little bit intimidated. Yeah. Because you know you you're getting these chicks that you know at, at, in college that are like tw- like nineteen, twenty one yeah. years old, and you're just thinking like, oh yeah, I'm getting them. Mm-hmm. But when you see a grown woman, you got to be able to handle that. Yeah. And you know, and you and you know now, oh yeah, dude. It, she was, you know, just just call the fire department. So I'm a, I'm what a does of, that I'm, mean? I'm a of torch under that. I'm lighting a fire under that. Heck nah. Yeah. Well, I, this all started, by the way, with Keith accusing um, his teachers of of wanting to enjoy him sexually. I didn't say all that. Verbatim, he said that he wanted them to enjoy him. And 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 uh. Put their hands on him. Ooh, what you t- <laughs> Get somebody fired. Yeah, that- <laughs> ain't no names been said. Yeah, all but right. Do some research. And, and the- <laughs> imagine if we had if we had a bigger platform. Oh my goodness, like that we, would be we'd be. That in would so be a trouble. way to like maneuver like. But see, here's the <laughs> fucked up thing though. Like, huh? I was just saying, you could Wikipedia what height, what what elementary schools we went to. Yeah, I know, but here's the thing that sucks. 
Like, we don't know where this podcast is going to go. Yeah. So it's like, we've already said it. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't unsay this shit. You go back and reference this. This ain't, we don't edit these podcasts. They're pretty much just put up. If you do that much research, you deserve to know. Yeah, you deserve to know, man. Yeah. Like Eddie, you. And I, I read it like, Eddie's favorite food is this and this and this. I'd be uh, like, fuck it. You got me. You yeah. know? <laughs> if somebody pop up on my vice principal from elementary school Facebook page and be like, this is the person. I'll yeah. be like, like, Eddie, fuck my mom. <laughs> Eddie, fuck my mom. Her name, her name is blah, blah, blah. I'll be like, oh, my God. I did. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, it, we, we strayed way off topic. Ultimately, it was about aiming low. Yeah. Um, make sure you keep your goals high. Yeah. Uh, don't be like, oh, this is an obtainable goal. I could do this. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between a, 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 an obtainable goal and shooting for shooting for something that you may not be sure of yeah. and coming to as close to it as you can. So don't aim low, man. Yeah. Especially with women. I would oh, say that. man. Yeah, definitely. Because they're human beings. Yeah. There, there, there was definitely a time where I'd be like, "Oh no, I'm not even going to talk to her." You know, it's like this little bit of insecurity or yeah. or, or inadequacy you have in your mind with with certain women. Mm-hmm. And now I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. Like I'm too old to care. Yeah. You know, like here's the thing. Okay, this this is the god honest truth. You're going to think about it and be like, Eddie was right. Mm-hmm. You're either doing two things to women, right? You're not really looking to be their friend. Let's just be honest. Like they, sometimes you might end up being great friends with women, but a friendship ultimately is not the main goal. It's either to, it's either relationship or you're fucking. That's literally the only thing. So I know that if nothing comes of this, then that was my objective. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm not gonna sit there beating around a bush or being too afraid to talk to somebody. I'm gonna talk to you. I'm not gonna talk to you. Period. You know, I'll shoot my shot. I've inboxed many women before. It wasn't like on some like, hey, um, what are you doing tonight? Like, <laughs> it was more or less like. What is that voice? <laughs> that's like a, the, creep, the, creep, the universal creeper voice. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Yo, what's up? This is Joey. <laughs> yeah, I be seeing the craziest things. Like, girls would be like, um, they will like go to the mall and go buy, go in like Tilly's or something like that. Oh my God. And then they'll walk away from the store and then that same guy that rung them up is like messaging them on Facebook. I'd be like, what the heck? What? Yeah, man. That's the universal creeper, for real. That's too much. I just think there's a certain amount of energy and vibe women give you when they're interested. Yeah. And you have to pick up on that. And I think that sometimes it's not about being scary, like, I'm not even going to talk to her. It's just the vibe they give off. Mm-hmm. Like, if a woman has a vibe to where it's, like, it's more friendly than it is, like, wanting to get to know you, like, deeper than that, I don't even shoot my shot. I'm just like, hey, you have a good night. And then the thing that sucks, though, is when a chick is, like, shooting her shot back, you like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. I didn't see this. Y'all just shooting at each other. Yeah, Both now you just, dead. you shooting and missing. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. and then then all of a sudden, it's act, an old western shootout. It's an old western shootout, man. Hey, <laughs> then all of a sudden you'll be shooting it out at about two a.m. at your apartment. <laughs> Just got to be confident, man. <laughs> uh, Keith is drinking juice right now, and he's just like trying to hold it together. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's funny. At the end of the day, I was rambling. <laughs> this is the podcast. 
<laughs> so it's like there is no, there's no real uh, political correctness here. Yeah. Just just jibber jabbing. <laughs> All right, man. Let's, let's go ahead and move on. Stop fucking around. All right. Be- <laughs> All right. Being accountable uh, for your life, regardless of the situation. A lot of us are in a situation that's not so great, meaning um, maybe our parents didn't teach us certain things. Or maybe we didn't have a silver spoon in our mouth. You know, your parent could be, you know, um, they could be neglectful where they don't care about you and they just throw you away, right? But it is up to you to figure that shit out. Mm -hmm. If you're an adult, you have to sculpt your own future. Your life is about you. I don't care how fucked up your parents are. They could be on drugs. They could be complete assholes they could disagree with everything you say what do you call that a, a contrarian mm-hmm. yeah, you know <laughs> they just disagree with everything doesn't matter at the end of the day your life is about you mm-hmm. um when i was having a conversation with the young man today as well talked about you know especially if your father raised you to be a man and you finally tell him like hey don't ever talk to me like that again you know mm-hmm. i had a conversation that went that way with my father and he was like excuse me what do you say i said look look i'm your son but i'm a grown man you know, mm-hmm. don't don't talk to me like that. I don't respect that. Like, oh, so now you go. I said, look, you raised me to be a man. Like, don't be mad when I'm a man. Yeah. You know, and That's from right. that day, you know, he caught, he catches himself up. He still tries to say stuff, and I'm like, hey, I'm not even going for that. I'm I'm cool. I don't even give it energy, and then we'll talk, and we'll be good. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, doesn't matter what your situation is. You're accountable for yourself. You're accountable for your life. You cannot sit back blaming and pointing fingers at people. Keith, have you ever ran into somebody where every relationship that ended was somebody else's fault? Every job that fired them was somebody's fault. Everything because they was broke was somebody's fault. Mm -hmm. The minute you take the time to have some fucking accountability... All that shit's going to change. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me every relationship that went bad, that was somebody else's fault? Yeah. You mean to tell me every time mm-hmm. you got fucking 25 cents in your pocket, that's somebody else's fault? Mm-hmm. Like, nah, man. You, you, got, you, have to be, you have to be accountable for yourself. There are things that you do and things that you say. There's like a whole energy about you that changes when you're, when you're accountable for the things you do. Because you understand for every action, there is a reaction and there is a result. Yeah. And by ignoring that, you're just going to be fucked your whole life. I know some people that literally are older than our parents. All they do is, well, had I, had I, you know, if the coach would have not did this, then I would have played. I would have been in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, motherfucker, you're not an NFL because you're not NFL talent. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's just say us, for example, we go to apply for a job, right? We apply for a job, and uh, we don't get a call back, and we just like, man, they racist, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, they racist. They didn't hire you because you're black. Mm-hmm. Did you ever take a chance to look at your resume? Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought that your resume might fucking suck? Mm-hmm. What if you suck? What if they're not racist and you just suck? What about, like, <laughs> have you ever considered that that might be a major factor you know, there's so many things that we need to, we got to soul search. We got to look at ourselves because, you know, going through life like this, this got to be like a life sentence. And I think the punishment is lack of, lack of development, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
I think that, you know, we have to control what we can control. Don't go ahead. Don't um don't, you know, like you said, just don't try to blame everyone else for, you know, what's going on in your life. <clears throat> if there's there are certain things that we can't control. We can't control who our parents are. We can't control Exactly. You know, who we're, who we're related to, but there are things that we can control. We can't control if we go to school. We can't control mm-hmm. if we, you know, learn different things. We can't control how good our resume looks. You know what I mean? So if you just hone in on those things that you can control, the things that you can't control will slowly start to change as well. You know what I mean? Like you, for instance, if, you know, you talk, you don't necessarily talk back to your father, but you, you let him know, like, yo, I'm a, I'm a man. You Like, you just can't really, exactly. like, I'm grown now. You can't just be saying all, you know, all this crazy stuff yeah. to me. Um, and then, you know, slowly and surely that relationship starts to change. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, you come in this world, a lot of, a lot of <clears throat> my friends and stuff, we, we grew up in poverty. Um, and that, not that it's a bad thing. It's just, you know, just the circumstances just, just like, yeah. we were in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, none of us ever use that as an excuse not to, like, do better in life. <clears throat> we don't want to, you know, be the kids that grew up with Payless shoes and then, you know, we buy our kids Payless shoes or, you know what I mean? We don't want to be the kids that, you know, was getting our new clothes, our new clothes from the thrift shop. Um, on the first day of school, and then having to do that for our kids. Yeah. Um, before thrift shopping was cool, of course. Um, yeah. <laughs> back when you used to get roasted. For... <laughs> so. Where'd you get that striped shirt, Jason? <laughs> hey, why does it have Colonel Sanders on the back? <laughs> it's like 2010. You still wearing Fubu? No, nah, it'll be fucking 2018, and it'll have a shirt to say 1999 bowling event. <laughs> You're like, damn, that shirt is older than the fucking kids at the school. Nah, the event shirts is the telltale sign that she got it from the thrift store. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah. That's comedy. That's- I don't give a fuck. I wear it. Yeah. Nowadays, you kind of just get over that. <clears throat> but, you know, whatever the case may be, like, you just want to do um, better for yourself with the cir- with the circumstances that you, you, you kind of brought in the world with. You know, it's, it's, it's all like a race. Like, I've seen this analogy... About, um, like, they put, like, um, basically it was, like, um, an analogy for white privilege and how they were relating it to, um, to, like, a race across a field. And it was, they just asked questions, like, oh, how yeah. many of your parents went to school? Or, um, how that. many of you ever, how many of you ever, uh, went to sleep hungry? And, like, crazy stuff like that. And then, like, a lot of the white kids just kept walking and kept taking steps and kept taking steps. And then, like, it kind of, like, um, at the end of it, he kind of brought it full circle, like, basically saying, like, now everyone has an opportunity to finish the race. And then, like, it was, like, a black kid that was in the way back, but he ran, like, a 4-2, so he caught everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a black kid in the back, and he still won? God damn. <laughs> I, did, I just think that that just ruined the fucking, that ruined the whole, what was that, a social experiment? You fucked it. You put the you put the most athletic black guy in the back, and you put the, what they put. It was like, oh god! You put DeAndre in the back and Thomas in the front. And yeah. Thomas still lost. Like, come on! Man. <laughs> you just might as well just throw that whole social experiment in the trash. 
just just do something in a classroom, man, so people could get it. I seen it. I think it was a little bit. I felt like it wasn't that great of a. It was, was pretty cool. It, it was whatever, man. Like it, I, I think it, it just brought awareness to what's going on. Yeah. But at the same time, as a just as a black man, I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me. There are certain conditions that that obviously are you know like that where there's certain advantages that, that take place and certain preconceived ideas. You know, people may think differently of one race because he's like this and one because of that. But at the same time, I'm a black man, but I'm a man. Yeah. So I don't want nobody to like it's not so much feeling sorry for me. I'm gonna do what the fuck I wanna do. Mm-hmm. Regardless. Yeah. You know. Um but yeah, man. God darn, I lost my train of thought. Oh. <laughs> At the end of the day, you must remain accountable for what you're doing. Yeah. Um, ultimately, mainly because um there's a life that exists outside of your excuses or lack of awareness Mm -hmm. and if you don't find out what that is you're fucked for life the Mm -hmm. i think the worst thing about it the absolute worst thing about it is that once you reach your 30s and you're still like that you're like going to be like that for the rest of your life the person you are in your 30s you're going to be that way your whole fucking life i'm not saying it's too late to change and work on yourself but once you hit your 30s you're almost too set in your ways. That's over 30 years of you being a dipshit. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you're supposed to straighten up. You know, the, the, the worst part is that um, no one cares about your excuses. Mm-mm. The person that, you know, if you want to be a person that's just complaining about your circumstances, the person you're telling it to is just one ear in one ear and out the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know you go through this. Yeah. I do, too. Yeah, so... It's just like, if you're not really doing stuff, then, you know, it's just nonsense at the end of the day. Yeah, very true. And the, the, the worst part about it, too, is when, like, let's say you've been writing and reading and fucking uh, 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 writing, making sketches and mm-hmm. editing, and then you got this podcast, all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, man, like, man, let's go do this. And it's something that just doesn't... I think at this age, because you're only 26, but at this age when you're doing something, like if you want to interest me in doing something, like and it's not stimulating at all, like if it's like, hey, let's get drunk, bro, and yeah. it's like, dog, like, what are you celebrating? Yeah. Like, <laughs> if I'm out drinking and and turning up like crazy, I want to have some huge milestone that I just fucking conquered. Mm-hmm. Like, Eddie just bought five rigs, you know, uh, or Eddie just bought two houses, or mm-hmm. Eddie just, you know, Eddie just got married, or mm-hmm. it has to be something significant. Every blue moon, I'll go out just, to, you know, to shoot the shit. But some people go out every, that's another thing, too. People celebrate nothing. Yeah. You're celebrating nothingness. Like, you're not even preparing yourself for real success mm-hmm. because you're caught up in living in this world. Where everything is fun. Life mainly is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun. It's nothing but work. Yeah. The only real fun you have is after all that work mm-hmm. and you finally achieve that goal and you're like, fuck, I did it. Now what's next? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now what's next? Mm-hmm. You're constantly trying to reach those milestones. Mm-hmm. And you would never reach those milestones if you're not 
self-accountable. Yeah. It's just not going to happen, period. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's something to that. I don't know. This is random. I know a guy. I don't even know if this is like on topic, but it kind of bothered me. <laughs> I know a guy <laughs> who has like, um, <clears throat> um, he would like, he would, he, basically there's a guy that I know he wants to make music and um, he, but he doesn't have like stuff to make music with. So he always has to like rely on someone else. Okay. Um but it just dawned on me right now that um, he bought, like, yeah. Could you plug this up? Okay, go ahead. Thanks. But it just dawned on me right now that this guy has bought, like, over the over the course of, like, the time that I've known him, he's bought, like, three or so, like, new cars. What? And, like, BMWs and stuff like that. So it's like... If you really are passionate about like making music or whatever you're doing, like don't like rely on other people. You know, it's it's almost like an excuse, like a built-in excuse. Like you can buy a car, but you can't buy you could buy a car, but you can't buy like, you know, a laptop or whatever the case may be. But man, that's an amazing point. But it also shows how much invested you are in your craft. Mhm. He is more interested in impressing people that don't mean shit. Yeah. It it literally makes him feel better to impress people that don't contribute anything to his craft, Mm -hmm. that don't contribute anything to his life. He wants people to look at him like he is just the man. Mm -hmm. But you, like, I'd be better off. Let me tell you something, dude. I'd rather, I'd be better off putting money towards my passion and the people that fuck with me genuinely are going to continue to fuck with me. Yeah. Rather than having to go out and prove something to somebody mm-hmm. for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, there are literally guys that are lying. They're, they're lying out here to women like, yeah, you know, I'm about to go over and do this, you know. But I was making so much money that I had to stop for a while because I was tired. He'd be like, ah. bruh, like, why are you lying? That's an initial conversation. Hi, my name is Jason. Bruh. Uh, I just came back from Dubai a little while ago. It's like, shut Maybe I could take you some time, girl. Shut up. You're like, man, like, shut up. Get out of here. <laughs> you just came from Dubai. You mean uh, you just came from fucking, you lied? That's not a country, bro. <laughs> now, there was a guy that I ran into yesterday. I went to go grab a, a fitted cap. Yeah. And he was at this, at this uh, it's like a, a store in the area. And uh, the first thing he brought up was money. I, honest to God truth. He's another truck driver. He's like, yeah, I, I go to Arizona. I go here and there. You know, I ain't making no less than you know, making about eighty five to you know eighty five to nine thousand a month. You know, and Amen. I'm just doing this and that. You know, what I'm saying that's how I'm doing. I'm just thinking like, okay, but you have a huge fucking gut. You know, it's not about losing weight. <laughs> What's the point of making all that money when you look like shit? Right. And and like that's what I was thinking. I didn't tell him that. I was just like, you know what, this guy, like, this is all, this is like, he's a one trick pony. Yeah. Like, even if he's really making this money, how the fuck does that help me by knowing about it? That's real. I'm the type of guy that I could make a million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And I would not, first of all, I wouldn't want to tell anybody. Yeah. Only people that deserve to know are people that I'm close to, like, you would know about it, your brother, yeah. your mom, them. And they're not going to be like, guess what? Eddie won a million dollars. Uh, he all on Snapchat like, yeah, yeah we all on now. Look at, look money. at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. I don't understand this generation of people. You put you put all your money on social media, you get robbed, and now you like, you don't know what the fuck's going on. 
Like, of course you're going to get robbed. People are struggling. Oh, my God. Look, the same person, this is going to sound really fucked up, but the same person that's flashing money is broke. And he's going to see somebody else flashing money and be like, I'm going to rob him. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, you broke. If you're flashing money, you're broke. Yeah. Because people that actually make money put it in the keep it in their bank account. Yeah. In addition to that, they invest that money. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, they don't find joy in material things. Yeah, like nah. If, if it like my thing is, obviously you need money for you know um, uh, monetary value, certain things. Like yeah. well, you need it to live. Like really beyond bills, you really shouldn't be blowing money like that. Yeah. Like I even I feel weird even if I have to go through the drive through at like some fucking fast food spot. I'm like, man, I would have been better off eating at home. Yeah. Especially if it's like McDonald's, you know. <clears throat> but you know, sometimes McDonald's be kind of flame when you're hungry. <laughs> Last night we had McDonald's actually. I'd be feeling terrible after eating McDonald's. Yeah, but at the moment you'd be like, ba da ba ba ba. I'm li- I'm liking it. Ba da ba ba ba. Diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make a long story short. Uh, me and Keith went to the casino last night. Oh yeah, that shit was pretty fun, man. Um, yeah. Went over there. We were, you know, little amateur gamblers. And <laughs> amateur gamblers. <laughs> we started oh, at first. I was, I was kind of getting kind of hot because I was putting money in the machine. I wasn't winning shit. And then yeah. Keith, like Keith's machine, went crazy. It was like, like it's making every fucking sound that a machine can make it, it made the sound keith wins money i'm like wow yeah. he's like i don't know and he's sitting there the whole time his glasses are fucking lighting up <laughs> you can see the projection to his glasses it looked like he had a fucking fireworks show going on in his lenses man i'm losing big time finally i hit it and I'm, i hit it pretty good yeah, I'm like, was, wow. Yeah, he was going. He had back to back to back to back. And then finally, once I got my money out, and then I played again, it went do 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 And I was like, fuck. And then it just kept, and then it like, it just, the numbers kept going up. And yeah. I took the money out, and then Keith started losing. He's like, dang, I can't believe you won like that. Yeah. But it was kind of from like an envious place. Yeah. Like I was, was low key like, jealous. Like, like, come on, bro. I can't believe you won like that. Yeah. So he was, did... But he was the same way when I was winning at first. <laughs> <laughs> we real life haters. <laughs> no nah, man, I just know like I, what I would want to. What you need to do when you ever go with somebody to gamble is make sure you give them a couple dollars and they give them to you. So now you have like, if you win big, then you get a percentage of that. Yeah, back. that's a good investment. Yeah, definitely. Like here's five bucks, bro. Like yeah. here's five bucks. You won five million. All right, so let's do the math. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Shout out to Caesar too. We oh Caesar. yeah, Caesar man. Shout out to Caesar. Ran into an old friend of mine. Uh, we went to high school and college together, man. He's an actor and um, he's doing a damn good job. And, and what's awesome about his story too? He come from the same neighborhood we come from. Mm-hmm. He got some of the same stories as we got, mm-hmm. you know. But this guy has literally put his best foot forward. Um, Caesar, if you're listening, hey man, we got a collab. Um, hoping to interview the guy and have him on a podcast. Mm-hmm. I think was was I think the most <clears throat> awesome thing about this podcast. This is just my opinion. Is the fact that a lot of the things we do talk about are they derive from this city? Yeah, you know. So we're just keeping it local. We're not talking about in Nebraska. It's cold and it's <laughs> and the women in Nebraska like there's a certain amount of pride you take from being in, from Bakersfield. Yeah, when true. you're bettering yourself. Yeah. 
if you're just a motherfucker not doing shit, you're like, fuck Bakersfield, man. Bakersfield ain't got nothing in there, and these bitches suck. I'm going to L.A. I'm going to L.A., where everybody, mm-hmm. where I'm trying to be like everybody else. You got to be rich to be broke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Bakersfield, Bakersfield, the cost of living is, is doable, definitely. Yeah. But there are some people that if they move to L.A., they're not going to have a leg to stand on. They're literally going to have to give blowjobs on the side. Just, oh, my God. <laughs> just to pay the fucking rent. <laughs> That's so crazy. If if you don't plan on giving blowjobs, stay in Bakersfield and and continue to give blowjobs here. They use that as a tax write-off. What a blowjob! No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! They tax lady. They got blowjob receipts. Yeah, and then the funny thing is, is the tax lady is gonna ask you, so how many blowjobs you <laughs> this year? And they gonna look around, look around, make sure nobody there, and be like, um, seventy-seven. <laughs> Like, oh my God, you're just, you're going to get all your money back. <laughs> oh, that's horrible, man. You know what? What kind of, what kind of uh, W2 would she get? Like oh. A 1098 or something? Nah, she get a 1069. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Crazy. You know what? We'll we'll leave with this, man. We're gonna go ahead and close the podcast up because we we did some talking. We did a lot of <laughs> shit talking today. Um, at the end of the day, remember a few things. Don't aim low. Um, make sure you communicate with people, man. Communication is key. I know it sounds very cliche, but it's very important. And also be accountable. Mm-hmm. Be extremely accountable for who you are, your life. Whatever's fucked up, I'm not saying blame it on yourself. I'm saying own up to it, take care of it. Yeah. Don't find a way, don't find the easy route like everybody else and mm-hmm. blame, you know, whatever, whatever the whatever you're facing, don't blame that situation. Yeah. Um fi- within you gotta find the answer within yourself. My cousin told me something a long time ago that stuck with me to this day. I was going through a rough patch. I had to stay at my aunt's house for a little bit. This is years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like, oh man, about 10 years ago. And he said, your, your life is about... No, I, I brought up my, like, I brought up, you know, my dad or, you know, situations of like, this is going like this and this ain't looking good. Da, da, da. He said, man, your life, it, it's about you, bro. It's about you, bro. And I just was like, uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't really comprehend it. I was just like... He just finding a way to blame me for it. That's yeah. how my mindset was. Like he just finding a way to blame me for it. But this is what really is going on. That's crazy. But man, at thirty three, he was right, bro. Yeah. At thirty three, I look back on that. I was only about twenty four. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm just like, yo, I I lifted myself up by my bootstraps. I'm still doing better and I'm still growing. And it's all because I took accountability and I kept my mind open and listened. Yeah, that's dope. I think uh, just to close out, that was a teacher you had junior high, elementary, high school, and you think she had a crush on you, and you had a crush on her, find her email on the school's website (laughs) (laughs) and invite her to lunch. (laughs) You know, I'm pretty sure there's some teachers I could, man, (laughs) you know, I'm just going to put this out there. Anybody that knew her um, at at Bakersfield High School back in the class of 2003, Mm-hmm. Mrs. Harris, Sally Harris. It was a young teacher. Yeah. She was only like 27, man. And we were seniors in high school. She's barely older than us. Yeah. She was so fucking hot. 
She had a rocket body, man. I'm talking about a this rocket chick. body. She had a rocket that body. Just turned into a teenage white boy. Oh man. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> she had her, a rocket body, bro. <laughs> her body was oh my god. And she she wore some. I guess she came from the gym one day. She had some leggings on. Damn. And this is back in 2003, but leggings weren't really. They weren't even popular. They weren't popping like that. Jeez. But she came in there. Oh my god. And um. <clears throat> She used to just drive us crazy, man. We were like, oh my God. You're like, you're, man, your body. She'd be like, stop it, you guys. Focus on your work. Ah. Like, focus on your work, guys. And then, But she was low key liking the compliments. I was like, wow, you look really good today. You know, whatever ah. like that. She was like, shooting a shot. She like, thank you, but uh, have a seat. Dang. She used to stand up and be walking around, like passing out the paperwork. And then my homie would like purposely try to knock a piece of paper on the ground. So she can pick it up. <laughs> uh, a little pervert. Yeah. But to make a long story short, he ended up doing over 10 years ago. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. He did a decade in prison. <laughs> True story. That's why I'm like, I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing at the same time. Oh, heck yeah. no. That was a t- that was a sad ending. Yeah, very sad. It was an uh, anticlimactic <laughs> moment. Uh, <laughs> from dropping papers off the desk to dropping the soap. Hey, those habits catch up with you, man. Oh, you keep on knocking people's papers over, you're going to end up in jail for 10 years. <laughs> uh, anyways, man. Yeah, look here. <clears throat> Um, we thank you for tuning in. Thank y'all. Um, you've been listening to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's Kate Fings. You guys have a blessed one. Peace. <laughs>